Welcome to the Puzzle of Us podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Peterson, clinical director and owner of Cache Valley Counseling. And welcome to 2024. I'm excited to continue on this topic of goals and helping set goals. And today's podcast, we're going to talk about two books that I feel like are really helpful in sort of helping define lifestyles, um, looking at goals for 2024, and how to help keep us motivated to keep working towards those lifestyle changes and those goals that we do set typically at the start of a new year. And, uh, you know, most of them tend to fall off by, oh, about the first week of February or so. And uh, I'm hoping that doesn't happen to you this year. And so I wanted to do a book review on, uh, for this podcast, just to help. Again, there's lots of things that help people stay motivated, but um, I find like books, for myself are one of the things that like, okay, if I get why and I get where my motivation is coming from and I understand how to do that, I'm more likely to uh, make that happen. And so um, two books that I really like are Atomic Habits by James Clear and How to Make Shit Happen by, um, oh, I lost the author to that, Sean Wallen. Um, and uh, both of them are great. Atomic Habits I feel like is a little bit more popular and people have heard of that and read that. Um, and I just wanted to give a very brief Cliff Notes version of both of those um, to help helpfully keep your goals um, really pertinent and motivated and relevant and, and hopefully help keep you, not only have help you help make these goals happen for January, but maybe even through the whole year. So I'm gonna start with um, Atomic Habits. And uh, just to give you, again, kind of a Cliff Notes version, I highly recommend reading both of these books. Both of them are very good in particularly creating healthy lifestyles or, or habits that um, create the lifestyle and, and help you achieve the goals that, that you want. So um, James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits, and he talks about how to create a good habit. He talks about four laws, the first law being make it obvious, the second law being make it attractive, the third law being make it easy, and the fourth law make it satisfying. Um, I'm going to break those down a little bit and talk a little bit about what he suggests in each of those um, categories and topics, and then um, we'll move to the the next book. But making it obvious, creating it, he, he, James suggests that you really want to um, really make it an obvious habit, not an obvious habit that I want to do, but you want to make it obvious where you put it and where you put a habit in your life is really um, important, right? So if I get into a bedtime routine or a morning routine, part of those routines, it, if as I create those routines, it's a little easier to create those little habits in those routines that are already established because they're things that I'm used to doing, right? We get in a car, we drive, and we don't really think about it. We just do it, right? We get into those morning habits, and those morning routines, those evening routines, and they tend to be the same, and we don't really have to think about it. And so if you are thinking about creating a new habit, like let's say I want to read more, or I want to um, take a vitamin, or I want to exercise, right? Pairing that with something that makes sense, right? It doesn't make sense to get up and exercise at four in the morning when I haven't exercised at all in my life. And so he just says that when you're creating a good habit, you want to make it really obvious. Don't make things harder for yourself. Um, if you don't exercise already, 
you know, like a good place to start with instead of a 4 a.m. exercise routine. If I um, make it obvious by choosing to go to the gym, I'm gonna pack my bag for the gym, I'm gonna put my bag in my car, and then I'm going to go to the gym before I go home, right? We don't wanna, we wanna reduce friction, which is gonna come later in, in our summary here, but you really wanna just make it obvious. Make it obvious where it fits in. Um, don't create things, don't make things harder than they already are for you. And you just, he, he also suggests pairing a habit that you want to establish, pairing it with a current habit that's already established, right? So like if I wanna take my vitamins, I wanna pair that with something that I'm already doing. I'm brushing my teeth then I'm going to take my, my multivitamin. Or I'm, um, you know, wanna start taking supplements. And when do I pair that to it? Do I do that in the middle of my work day when my supplements aren't home and I'm here? Like that doesn't necessarily make sense, right? That's not obvious. So you wanna make it obvious where you're putting your habit, where you're starting your habit, where you're pairing it with, and um, that's really gonna help create the routine and it then it becomes a routine, right? Yep, after I work, I just go to the gym. That's just what I do, right? That's just part of that. So that's what helps create a good habit. Part of uh, the second law being make it attractive. So he talks about uh, using temptation bundling and pairing an action of what you do with an action that you need to do, right? Taking I, something I already do, something that's already established, like brushing my teeth. Already established, already gonna happen. Can I pair that with something that I want to start doing, right? Maybe as I'm brushing my teeth, I start listening to a podcast, or I start reading a book, or I start, you know, again, pairing it with something that I do already with something that I want to start doing. Either start doing or, or stop doing, right? I want to decrease the amount of sugar I eat. Um, can I increase the amount of carbs I eat or protein I eat at the same time? So those sort of things, again, nutrition and, and exercise and um, kind of health is oftentimes what gets the, the heat at the beginning of the year of things for people to, to focus on and do better at. And so I'll use a lot of those examples, but there's all sorts of things, right? Like maybe we want to be better at, um, maybe we want to read more. Maybe we don't, haven't read a book. We, could, we don't know the last time was when we read a book. And so can we pair that habit of reading a book with a bedtime routine or a morning routine? Um, often a, a kind of a habit that I'm often encouraging clients to establish more of is meditation or a mindfulness activity of some sorts. And so fitting that in, putting that in your day where it's the most obvious and making it attractive, right? If I do my mindfulness activity in the morning, then I can have a treat at lunch or then I can do something, right? Like pairing it with something that's already easy and then giving yourself a reward for having done it, right? If I do mindfulness five times in a row, I can treat myself to eating out on Friday, right? And creating those habits and goals to help motivate you to be make it a habit. Once it's a habit and once it's established, then again, you don't necessarily need that motivation. You could take the uh, eating out on Friday and pair that with a new habit that you want to, to make. Um, and so again, making it attractive. If 
humans are creatures of habit and we don't like to do things that are hard. And so if we want to, we want to make it, um, that we go the path, the path of least resistance, right? And so if we make it hard, we make it, oh, that doesn't make sense or that's kind of out of my comfort zone a little bit, we're not going to do it. Um, so easing things up for you is a very great way to establish a good habit. Um, <clears throat> the third law he talks about is making it easy. We've talked a little bit about this already, but reducing friction is his kind of idea, decreasing the number of steps between you and your good habit. So if I want to take a multivitamin, instead of having my multivitamin in the kitchen with uh, food, maybe I have it in the medicine cabinet with, by my toothpaste and toothbrush that I use every morning and that's what I'm pairing it with. We wanna reduce the number of steps, like literal steps between, or again, going to the gym, I'm going to reduce the, num the friction, right? Instead of going home to get my gym bag and then go to the gym, I'm gonna pack my gym bag in my car and heck, I'm gonna put two pairs in there. It's already there, I don't have to worry about it. It's not something I have to think about. I just get in the car and know it's Monday, I'm going to the gym after I go to work. Um, some of those things can be really helpful. Um, another helpful thing about making it easy, um, one thing he suggests is using technology to your advantage. We live in a very technological advanced stage and if you can do help yourself by helping having help technology help you, uh, do it. It just makes it easier. So, you know, we're always getting notifications on our phone. We're always getting, you know, I can't believe how many teens these days get a be real notification and it doesn't matter what they do. They just stop everything and take a be real, right? And <clears throat> for those of you who don't know who that is, it's another social media platform which people are being real, right? So in that moment, when the timer goes off, you have two minutes to take a picture of what you were doing right there in that moment. And if you do, you're incentivized to then you get another, you can take another be real and you can take more moments at your own expense or more at, at your own dis disposal, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, you get to check in on your friends of like, what were you doing? And, oh, I saw you doing this or I saw you watching TV or I saw you at so-and-so's house or I saw you, whatever. Um, and so again, it's just another social platform for those who are not familiar with be real. That's what I'm talking about. But it sends notifications every day. Um, Facebook, all of us have, you know, some sort of social media. Even our, if you're not on social media <clears throat> platforms, um, you know, news, and most of us have smartphones these days, so most of us are getting some sort of notification throughout the day um, that is, again, sort of creating those uh, habits that when I get a notification on my phone, what am I doing with it? And so if you can use your phone and your technology to an, your advantage, set a reminder. Um, there's all sorts of habit creating apps out there that will send you a, you know, how are you doing? What's this? How, how's your goal today? Or have you reached your habit? Or, yeah, um, and you can use those as both as habit trackers, which we'll talk about in a, in a moment. Um, but we can also use that as um, notifications or ways to sort of automate that in, in technology. Um, so again, make it easy, make it like a, a rote thing. Oh, I get my notification. This is what happens. Um, you know, oh, I get a notification. I don't know if Audible can do this or any other, you know, if I want to read more books at 10 o'clock at night, does my Audible just start playing, right? Those are sort of things that you can sort of set up. Um, technology is 
come so far and is so advanced now, use it to your advantage to help you create healthy habits. The fourth law in Atomic Habits is make it satisfying. Um, we, as I've already mentioned, are creatures of habit. We are human and we like positive reinforcement. And so if you can positively reinforce habits of some sort in your life, you're going to be better at them. It doesn't mean that I always get a treat or that I get paid to do it or that, you know, some of the things that you think about when you have little kids, like, oh, I'm gonna pay you to do your chores or I'm gonna um, get incentivize you to do those things. We as adults still want that same thing, but we don't have a mom or a dad or a caregiver who is enforcing that. And so do that for yourself. What sort of things can I reinforce or use that are reinforcing to my habits? So <clears throat> give yourself an immediate reward when you complete your habit. So again, it can be anything. It be I get five extra minutes on social media today. I get um, I get to watch a show, or I get to you know Netflix and chill right now while I'm because I just did my habit, right? Um, I exercised or I went to the gym, I made it there, so I get to go home and watch a show. I get to go home and uh, do, do something that, again, is a positive reinforcement to you rather than making it unattractive, right? Or unsatisfying. Um, he also suggests one thing that I really uh, appreciate is doing nothing. Um, and making doing nothing enjoyable. So many of us get caught in this, I gotta be doing something and pr productivity and being effective and we don't wanna be lazy and we wanna, you know, and oftentimes that creates bad habits. And so he suggests that we wanna avoid bad habits and we wanna avoid getting into um, even creating some bad habits by slowing down and being able to be okay with doing nothing, right? And if that becomes satisfying to you, um, that can also be used as a reward, right? If I'm going to do my habit, I can, I can do nothing for five minutes. I can do nothing for 10 minutes. I don't have to respond. I'm gonna shut my phone off. I'm not gonna respond to my kid, like whatever, within safety, right? Um, I'm, I don't have to do anything. So doing nothing can be uh, a reward because oftentimes, Many of us don't allow ourselves to slow down enough and doing nothing can be somewhat of a reward for, for many of us. Um, he also suggests to make it satisfying in a, a, a way to do that is to use a habit tracker of some sort. Like I mentioned, there's a ton of uh, apps online that help create habits that become pretty satisfying of like, yep, I did it. Yep, I checked it off. Yep, I did that. Um, I've had many clients who have, you know, had post-it notes or sticky notes that they're, you know, tracking habits on. Um, one client uses a mirror to track their habits on and every day when they brush their teeth at the end of the day, did I do my habit? Yep. And they are, they filled their mirror up so much now that it's like, I don't not want to be able to put that mark at the end of the day. Um, and you know, they've done several marks. They do it really small on the side. So they have tons of little marks on there. Um, you can fill it up, right? Like there's lots of ways that you can, you can utilize to track habits, whatever way you do. Um, I, a word of caution is to not worry about it being perfect, right? Allow yourself cheat days or allow yourself, you know, don't, 
so many people get caught up in the perfectionistic aspect of habits that it's like, I'm not perfect at it, therefore I'm not going to do it at all. And four or five times of doing a healthy habit is way better than never doing it. And so if you can help keep yourself in that mindset of, you know, allow yourself some space to not be perfect. Um, allow yourself to be human. Allow yourself to know that like, I'm not going to get this done every single day, but can I do it five out of seven days? Um, he does suggest that if you miss two days in a row, a habit does become harder to start over. So, you know, if you're, if you track a week at a time, you know, um, we, many of us cannot eat a whole elephant at a time, right? But you eat an elephant by, by bite, by doing it bite by bite, right? And when you eat an elephant bite by bite, bite by bite, um, that sounds kind of silly as I say that, but you do it one, at, one bite at a time, right? And as you take one bite of your goals and your habits, it's today, it's this week. It's not five months or a whole year. It's what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing this week? In bite-offable chunks, right? Many of us get too overwhelmed by, you know, oh, I wanna lose 50 pounds in a year. That's a very big goal. Um, again, remember from my, the previous podcast that I just recorded about SMART goals, you wanna make it measurable, but you also wanna make it achievable. Because if it's not achievable, if it just feels like, well, that's too far away, there's not a lot of reward or incentive to keep going. And so, um, again, that how, how you measure it can be overwhelming and it can also maybe not be enough. Um, and so just looking at what motivates you, what works for you, often, you know, a day or a week or uh, a week at a time, you know, I can do seven days, but I can't do a whole month. I can do five days, but I can't do a whole week. And so looking at those things and what doesn't feel completely overwhelming to you. And those are the things that you want to track. So if you're using a habit tracker, which I highly suggest you do, um, just make sure that you stay away from the perfectionistic side of things that can happen if you get too focused on, oh, I got to make that mark. Um, it, why am I doing it? Yes, I'm doing it to create a ha healthy habit, but we don't want to add more overwhelm and stress to your life as well. That is never a good habit. Um, and then again, just allow yourself grace and space to be human and know that there's not going to be completely perfect. Um, I, I really like this book. I think it gives, um, the book itself gives lots of really fantastic examples of how to really utilize this. Um, again, those are just kind of the cheat sheets of how to, how to do it and very, very brief version of what he says really works. And I, I use this a lot in my own life as well as with um, clients and I think the the feedback that I've gotten from almost everybody is very very positive um, and can be really helpful. Shifting gears to the next book is it's called How to Make Shit Happen by Sean Wallen um, and one of the things that uh, he, he talks about I'm gonna go through each chapter a little bit but the core idea or the main idea that I got from his book that I really like is the, the core four. And the core four, he says, is the ultimate framework that covers every aspect of your life. And so um, the core four, he breaks down into power, which is your body, 
um, it, they're, four, they're four P's. So power, passion, purpose, and production. Power being your body. I can't do anything without my body. I can't give a hug to someone without my body. I can't reach out, I can't go to work, I can't physically even turn on a computer or scroll through my phone or do whatever I'm doing if I don't have my body. So our body is really important. So all your health goals and things like that kind of fit in that category. Passion is relationships. And he puts that as, you know, relationships. If relationships are feeling stressed, then many other aspects of your life is going to feel stressed. Uh, purpose is our mind, psychological, um, mental, emotional, those, those things go in that purpose category. And then production is business. And, um, you know, as I thought about this, he, he says, looking at the four representations, you will all have to agree that nothing you do in your life, in your everyday life falls outside of one of those categories. Um, and I, Sure, people could disagree with that, and there could be, you know, some religious things and things like that in there. Um, but I, I agree with him in those. It, it goes along, sort of, with the biopsychosocial model, um, just a different way of sort of representing that. Um, and if we look at those, I, I believe it is my. This is my belief. This isn't necessarily from the book, but it, we can't really expand on one. Um, we can't really focus on our body there is going to be a ceiling for how focused on our body we can do if those other categories are not also growing or expanding or um, being focused on as well. So we can't be overly focused on one, um, but if we are not focused on an area at all, that can also be detrimental as well. So I'm gonna go through, uh, again, a little bit about each of these, these core four that he talks about. So the way that we manage our body is very integral to your growth in life. So <clears throat> many people, many, many people do not exercise 30 minutes a day. Um, and most of them just, we don't care about our physical health or we don't take care about it or we say that we care about it, but in the way what, what we're doing, maybe we feel too overwhelmed by it. Maybe we don't prioritize it enough. And eventually we get down to the point where Yes, we might care, but we might physically not be able to do those things, right? Whether it be the, the quality of life that we're living, whether it be, you know, engage in conversations with people because we, we like people and we like, if our health goes away, we're not strong enough to have those conversations. Um, we want to be strong enough to, you know, get down on the floor and play with our kids or play with our grandkids or be able to, you know, be adventurous in later in our lives. And oftentimes people get to those points in their life and they haven't taken care of their body enough and their body is the first thing to fail them. And so we have a duty to keep ourselves fit. I don't think that it is a, a luxury, um, but it is something that you have to work at every day. And um, if not every day, on, a, on at least a regular basis. Otherwise, we just, we, we lead way too sedentary of lifestyles now to be able to expect ourselves to, you know, be able to get down on the ground and play with our grandkids at 50, 60, 70 years old if we're not doing the things daily now to attribute to that. Um, so some of the things that he talks about of really helping support 
your body and, and making sure that that power part of the core four is really um, being prioritized is hiring a personal trainer, have a plan, find and commit to an accountability partner and getting rid of all the crappy foods that we eat on a regular basis and really taking a look at that. Everything else beyond that, again, you, you do those and your body just is, it's going to take care of you if you're taking care of it. But many of us neglect our body and just think, oh, I don't need to do that. Oh, I don't need to do that. Oh, I'll do that when I'm 80. Or oh, I'll do that when I'm 50. And <clears throat> it's pretty cool what our body can do if we are, if we are feeding it and doing the, the exercising it and doing it the right things that we need to do. Um, chapter four, he talks about every single thing that we do starts in the mind. And we, we make every single choice in life and we have the consequence of that choice and we have the, the choice to make that choice or not make that choice. And um, just one of the things that he talked about that I really liked was just like a garden, if you fail to take care of it, it will grow weeds. If you don't take care of it, it will grow if you do take care of it, it will plant whatever you plant in it. And I thought that was a great analogy um, because if if we're not feeding our mind, if we're feeding our mind with all of you know social media crap that's out there, um, our mind is not going to grow. If we're going to challenge ourselves to do projects or to read books or to expand ourselves, like those are you know watching TED talks or those things, like they they're expanding our knowledge rather than keeping us in a vacuum. And again, we all have choice of what videos or what information that we're taking into our bodies but or into our minds, but what you choose to do with that and how you continue to um, be a lifelong learner and how you're consuming information is really important that, you, that we never stop learning. Um, one of the things that can be really helpful too is um, in, in keeping this is, is planning your day you planning your tomorrow today. Um, he, he suggests that and I really like that in that if, if you're wanting to do some of these harder things like, uh, you know, watch a movie. Um, he, he also talks about in this uh, aspect of keeping your mind, like feeding your mind, is also the positivity. That uh, if we, what we choose to focus on really affects us, right? And if we're always choosing to focus on the negative, we will feel the effects of that. But choose each day that every day that you're alive, it's a choice. Well, it's not always a choice to be alive, but it is a, you have the privilege to be alive. And what you do with today, because tomorrow is never a guarantee, what you do with today is really important. And how am I going to choose to spend that day? Am I choose going to be miserable or am I going to be happy? Um, and so that, that positive, really developing a positive mindset to really help foster those things. And again, the intake, that, that the information that we're taking in, we all have choice over that, but really making it a positive push is really, really helpful. Um, chapter five, he talks about ensure that whatever you do as a career is enough to sustain you well. Um, and this is the financial aspect of things, but it's also, you know, if you hate your job and you wake up every day thinking, oh, I wish I did not have to go to work today. I mean, it's nice to not have to go to work, right? But if I go to work and I hate what I do and I'm miserable when I'm there, that bleeds into your mindset, which then bleeds into your body, which then bleeds into, and it has a ripple effect on all these other things that we do. So 
sometimes we have choice over our career, sometimes we do not. Sometimes we are so far into a career that a career uh, switch is maybe too hard or not enough or, or isn't gonna happen. Um, and that's okay, but it is up to you to develop a mindset, first of all, of making that choice. But then once you're there, like that freedom of choice, once you have that financial freedom to, you know, even if I'm 55 and I wanna make a career shift, if I have the financial freedom enough to back that up, I can do that. Um, I'm not tied to, oh, I have to go to job a job because I am barely making it on my day-to-day -day living, right? I've planned for the future, I'm finding success in finances, and how do I best do that? Um, so finances can be a huge burden and it can also be a huge um, unburdening. It can be a huge uh, weight lifted off of people when they do find that financial freedom. But what does that financial freedom actually mean for you, right? Is that doing whatever you want whenever you want? Is that um, going to work and working a nine to five? Some people like working under a boss because I just show up, I do my job, I leave, I get paid, I don't have to worry about the stressors of those. Other people aren't challenged by that and want to you know, be their own boss, um, make their own rules, do that sort of stuff. What do I need to have in place to be able to help me do that, right? Um, those things are, are, are great things to think about, great things to, to um, just be continually uh, aware of and keeping a pulse on because it can be, it, our financial stability can be a great motivator for many things and it can also be a demotivator if we, if we let it. Um, <clears throat> core four is my favorite one. Um, it talks, it's talking about relationships, right? And our passion for life and the passion that we have in our relationships often becomes the passion that we put out into the world, which also changed our mindset, which also helps just with, just has a ripple effect. Um, relationships, if we're in a crappy relationship and we're stressed or we are worried about, you know, what's our partner going to say today or what fight are we going to get in or how am I going to be emotionally drained by them today? It can create a world of dissatisfaction in a relationship which then has again just a ripple effect just like finances do into our mind into our into our body and these things are all interconnected and so find relationships that you feel supported in that you feel that you thrive in that you feel seen and heard in and they don't just happen um, a marriage doesn't just happen, a lifelong marriage, a committed marriage doesn't just happen. It doesn't mean that things are always going to be easy, but it does mean that you're committed, you're, you're with a partner who is committing to uh, put their best foot forward in this relationship. Um, and if you can find someone to do that with you, again, it, you may, it, it looks different in very many capacities, it looks very different for many people. Um, but not only just our, our intimate relationships, but also our work relationships, right? If we're not having, we don't have great work employees or, or colleagues that work with us, um, it may be time to find a new job. Um, job satisfaction and, and loving your job and loving who you're working with. Relationships just add so much more um, motivation to many people's lives. You know, I'm going to show up, I'm going to commit to work out at the gym because of 
the relationship I have with my personal trainer or the relationship I have with uh, the person I'm, my accountability buddy that I'm reaching out to, right? So some of those things can be really helpful. Relationships are a huge part of our happiness. And it's important to work on them and it's important to focus on that aspect of them. And, and it's just one aspect of the ripple effect that can, can happen when we, we focus on these, these core fours. So again, it's a, it's, this book um, is by Sean Wallen, How to Make Shit Happen, is a little bit different. Uh, it's a little lesser known than uh, Atomic Habits. Both of them I find really helpful for clients and really motivating. Um, and, and they're both pretty easy reads. And so if you are looking for a good book, hopefully this helps you um, keep your motivation to whatever goals you've set, whatever areas in your life that you want to uh, tweak or make a little different. Hopefully these have helped motivate you. If either one of them has piqued your interest, um, check them out. Uh, they Most of them are on Audible and things like that to find a way to to consume them, but they're, they're really great and hopefully they help keep you motivated as we are just beginning the 2024 year. So uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Next week, next time we have some really great things coming our way. Um, in February, we're going to be talking a little bit more about relationships and keeping them uh, working on them, right? Um, February is a good month with Valentine's Day and kind of the focus on love and couples and relationships and all of that. Just we're going to talk about a, a little bit about relationships. So this core four that we were just discussing today, we'll get a little bit more deeper dive on how to really do that and how to how to help make those relationships work for us in our lives. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chelsea Peterson, and we'll catch you next time on The Puzzle of Us.